All right, folks. Welcome back to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm Jason Van of your host. It's a snowy May 4th. May the 4th be with you. For those of my uh, Star Wars nerd friends, I'm certainly amongst them. I was invited to go down to Loveland to a, a Star Wars trivia tournament. I tell you what, me and my buddies play the Star Wars trivia game. You know, one you have, you can get up, download on your phone, you put it up against your head, and uh, they've got to get you to say the answer to the question without saying it. Man, we, we just, we get all of them. Like they run out of questions that we, we can't answer. All right. Well, it's been a crazy day so far. Woke up to all kinds of snow. Both 34 and 36 were um, having crazy accident issues. It's a bunch of slush. All the school buses were like 30 minutes late. I got up, got my kids off. And uh, like 35, 40 minutes later, they come back with some neighborhood kid. Just like, hey, the buses didn't show up. So called the school. Apparently, some of them were running really late. So I got my kids and a neighbor kid off to school. It's been a crazy week. Just crazy already. Let's get into some of the news. Let's just recap some news. We're going to we're going to do some news recap today. Uh, we have the election board, the election results, the unofficial election results for the hospital board election here in town. Um, obviously we've got huge news coming out of the Supreme court, a leaked document put out by Politico may change the last 50 years of how things have been done with women's health care. I know my teenage daughter Lux is very outspoken and impassioned on this issue. I'll probably have her on the show here soon enough to talk about her thoughts on, um, on people who are not a part of her life legislating her body. So, yeah, we're going to get into that. Then I have, uh, we're going to lighten the mood up a little bit after after all the news recapping. We're going to go ahead and um, I'm going to play the interview I did this weekend with Randy Silkwood of the Reframed podcast, just talking about kind of the rise of podcasting here in Estes Park and um, how the the pandemic and and some of the the big the big questions we started asking ourselves during the pandemic during the lockdowns um, may have helped foster this um, explosion of podcasts. Not just here at Estes. I mean, we've got a couple here, but it just seems like people are embracing some new things, and and podcasting may be one of them. It's definitely on the rise. All right, let's get into some of the local news. The uh, the hospital board election uh, judges unofficial abstract of votes for the Park Hospital District for the regular election held for Park Hospital District on May 3rd, 2022. The ballots have been counted. <clears throat> These are the unofficial election results. It'll be officiated later on um we um we had four candidates for a three-year term and uh we'll start off with uh eric owen had 690 votes counted john meissner had 488 now he was the least of them but let's keep in mind he's had like elections where he's gotten like four people to vote for him so his numbers are ever increasing um John's an interesting guy. I've had him on the show a few times. I'm sure you remember. Uh, if you're a new listener, you can go back and uh, listen to him. He's he's uh, he's a character. Um, David Beatty, 1,012. And Drew Webb kind of blew it out with 1,214 votes. Um, I'll go ahead and uh, post the... Uh, this unofficial abstract of votes uh, in the show notes here. So you can see it for yourself. And uh, yeah, so that's the election results for the hospital district. There was also an election for the um, 
recreation district here in town in Estes Park. So I'll I'll get those out as soon as I get them. And uh, we'll jump into the the national news a little bit. Talk about this Supreme Court thing, this debacle that's happening. So this morning, much of the country is still in shock as um, abortion defenders, uh, women's rights advocates, and and whatnot are stunned by a leak. Um, There was a, a leaked Supreme Court draft opinion that's been just bouncing all over the news feeds. Um... It's a draft, um, and it was published late Monday night. I saw it on Twitter, um, and it's a a 98-page opinion in the Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which challenged the constitutionality of the Mississippi bill that banned abortion after 15 weeks. Now, if the, the decision stands as it's written, it would overturn the Planned Parenthood versus Casey, which was a 1992 decision that protected abortions and healthcare services, even though it allowed states to add some limitations. And the draft opinion, um, which was signed by Justice Samuel Alito, uh, a member of the the court's six to three conservative majority, um, and he did confirm it yesterday. He did confirm that it is actually his draft opinion. Um, It started off with the um, stating that Roe was egregiously wrong from the start. Um, and, uh, according to Politico, four other justices, which were Clarence Thomas, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Coney Barrett, um, have agreed with the opinion. Um, so this is, this is a draft opinion. They, they, they wrote it back in February and it, you know, it could, the language could change before the court issues its final ruling. There is a slight possibility that the that the um, Supreme Court justices could change their uh, their their thoughts on this, but it's not likely at all. Um, as written, it's it's giving the states a power to decide the legality of abortion, and they're about half, mostly down in the South and the Midwest, um, are, are already have laws on the books that would, as soon as this passes, will born ban abortion outright. Um, and this is leaving a lot of clinics just totally unsure of the future. Um, you know, we, we kind of knew this was going to happen. Um, and I don't know if there's much we can really do about it. There's already been protests breaking out. There was uh, a large protest in Denver, um, yesterday protests, uh, sprung up organically in front of the Supreme court, um, building, uh, later on that night, like late into the night, it was dark out. Um, you know, I know the, the Capitol police, uh, scrambled to get barricades up once this had leaked by Politico. Um, but it just seems to be having a, a massive reaction, uh, specifically from women and, um, rightfully so. So we're not sure where that's going to go, but um, I'm sure we will be seeing much more um, protests popping up, uh, especially this weekend. It should be interesting to see what's going to happen there. Um, you know, things are just, they're getting crazy. The world, as upside down as it is and has been for the last couple of years, it's getting, I think we're looking at a perfect storm coming. Um, we're just so divided as a country. Um, you know, groceries are, are getting so expensive. I mean, I, I've mentioned on the show a couple times, you know, I'd go in and get a small little, one of the little carts at Safeway. And, uh, you know, the stuff I used to be able to get for 20 bucks are now 60 to $80 for that same cart. And this is when people don't, can't afford to eat and can't afford to feed their families, they become desperate. And this combined with this division that we're seeing, I, I truly fear for the world that my daughters and granddaughter are, are going to be inheriting you just what is this world going to look like? I don't know. We'll see. We'll get through it. I mean, thankfully, yes, this is a little bit insulated. You know, anytime you're in a, a remote 
you know, mountain community, it seems to have a little bit of a buffer um, to some of the, the issues that we see in the streets of the larger urban populations. But man, things are just, they don't seem to be getting better. They seem to, to be getting worse. You know, this inflation is going off the hook. It's just getting more and more difficult to survive, you know, and, and me and my family, we've, we've survived. We, you know, we're what we like to call old school poor, you know, we've, we've been surviving on next to nothing for so long. We're used to it, but there's a lot of people, a lot of families that this is something new to them. And, um, with the, the strains on, you know, the, the social support, uh, safety nets. I, I do worry about, um, you know, what this summer is going to look like. You know, we, we already know that, you know, the, the fire season, it, it really didn't stop from last year. Um, people are losing their homes. We just, it, uh, I don't know. I, I expect to hear a fiddle in the background, um, here soon enough as, uh, as the world burns around us, hopefully we can figure out some ways to, to move forward in better ways. Um, other local news today, um, this evening, there's going to be a meet the candidates, uh, little, uh, talk gathering at town hall. Um, this is, uh, dealing with the, uh, uh, trying to find a new police chief here in Estes park. So today, um, from five to 7 PM on May 4th, uh, the um, town of Estes Park will host a meet and greet open house for police captain candidates. It's going to be located at the Estes Park Museum, which is located at 204th Street. This event will provide community members an opportunity to get to know the candidates, ask questions, and provide feedback to the town. There is no formal agenda to the meeting. Um, the town has begun a nation, nationwide search for... Um, the vacant police captain position here in Estes Park. Um, this is one of two captain positions with both reporting to the chief of police. Public participation, which began with listening sessions in March, is an important part of the recruiting process. So I definitely encourage people to go down there. Now there's going to be, um, there is another event and actually some more news. Um, so an interim police chief um it will be starting on the 6th and that is going to be um uh Corey Pease so police chief Wes Cufield will retire May Friday May 6th after nearly 35 years of service to the town of Estes Park captain Corey Pease P A S S Pease pass Pease I think it's Pease will serve as interim police chief beginning May 6th at 5 p.m. The town is currently soliciting proposals for a recruitment firm to conduct the nationwide competitive search for a new police chief. So we're looking for um, a chief and a captain, I think. I think we've got, because we've got um, interim captain Rick Life, uh, used to be Lieutenant Life, um, is, is, uh, has been uh, made interim captain. So uh, the process will include opportunities for community members to engage. The town will provide more information when details of the processes are confirmed. And this is something I think we really need to pay attention to. We really need to, to dig into, you know, who's going to be leading our police department. Obviously, we've had some very serious issues um, just with internal stuff with, with what happened with um, Captain Rose um, and his subsequent suicide. Um you know, this is how we can begin to affect and shape the direction we go as a town is, is by plugging into this and, and letting the town um, leaders know what we would like as a community. So um, I know that I've got, uh, I, I, I just was reached out to by uh, the town and we're going to be setting up some interviews with um, with interim captain Rick Life and some of the, uh, hopefully some of the other candidates and uh, be able to get to know them a little bit beforehand. Um, you know, I'd certainly like to see some changes with how records are released and the specifically the retention of internal affairs records um, because supposedly they don't keep them for more than 10 years. And um, obviously we saw where there was uh, a need for 
for the community to be able to look back at those uh, with the Captain Rose um, events that happened. So, uh, yeah, I definitely encourage everybody to, to check that out and uh, get plugged in, plugged, get involved. So uh, Friday, we're going to be doing an update on some of the core requests that I've been getting in from the school district. Um, I've had other community members reach out to me, um, sending me other releases that they've gotten. So I'm just going to do a big data dump of all the releases that we've gotten so far uh, dealing with the Estes Park School District uh, Bar Board of Education and the shakeups that have been happening there. So watch for that coming up uh, close to the weekend, and um, we'll uh, we'll see what happens there. Now, I have heard reports that um, they're beginning to charge people, I think it's upwards of $200 an hour, um, to, to start doing the research on these, which I, I do take uh, a bit of offense to because, you know, we, we're paying for these employees and their time, and it's already cost the district so much, um, with letting go of um, former superintendent Sheldon Rosencrantz. So uh, we got to stay plugged into that and uh, keep our eyes and keep talking to each other and uh, see what we can figure out and let them know just that, that we're watching. We're paying attention now and uh, we're going to continue to do so. Um, it's educators week. So uh, I think it's, I think it's great. I think, I think, it, you know, they got the school bus up with the thank you teachers sign uh, over near the hardware store and the, um, the lumber yard as you're going into the school. But I think it would have been a lot better just to to maybe take the money, the, the over one hundred and sixty thousand dollars that they, they had to use to get rid of Rosencrantz um, and, and put that towards teacher salaries and, and, you know, supplies for the students and. I think it could have been much better used. I think that would have been a much more appropriate and, and heartfelt thank you than uh, just a banner on a school bus and some emails. I think uh, I think actions speak louder than words. And um, in this case, the words are not, um, they're not on par with the actions. All right. Well, let's take a break from all this heavy news and, you know, the world being upside down. Let's have a talk with a guy named Randy Silkwood. He has the Reframed podcast, which I'll put links into the show notes here so you can check it out for yourself. It, it's definitely a very different type of podcast than mine. Mine tends to do with local news issues and human interest stories, arts, whatnot. His is much more on the spiritual and healing and, and kind of life journey side of things. Um, but, you know, uh, I thought it would be good to help uh, build awareness of, of the podcasting community here in Estes Park as it kind of um, starts out and grows and uh, had a very interesting conversation about the effects on the pandemic of the pandemic on people and just how, you know, people like me and Randy decided to, to take a different approach to life than we were doing pre-pandemic and how that's working out for some people it's really uh really paying off to to ask some of these hard you know like what do i really want to do with my life questions and, and begin new projects and uh you know find success in those new ventures so so before we jump into that interview i just want to again thank our podcast sponsors the historic park theater and the real mountain theater the two theaters here in town uh, when you're ready to get out there and escape the, the craziness of the world, man, movies are a great way to do it. I'll put, uh, we have links down at the bottom of the show notes where you can just click on the logos and it'll bring you right to their websites. You can see what movies they have coming up, what great live shows. They do a lot of live shows and different things over at the Historic Theater. Always uh, something great to do with the family while you're here in Estes. All right, let's just jump into this interview with Randy Silkwood of the Reframed Podcast. So we're here with Randy Silkwood, who has the Reframed Podcast. And I actually met Randy back in the day when I was working for the newspaper. Um, originally covered uh, the, the opening of your, 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 your smoothie shop you had had and just kept in contact. I think I wrote a couple articles with, with you. And... Um, so you've actually, you know, we both kind of started podcasts at similar times. 
here in Estes Park. And, uh, you know, it seems like they're, they're really beginning to come into their own time. You know, I've, I've been playing around with podcasts for like a decade. And it seems now, it seemed like the world wasn't ready really for it back in the day. You know, we were we were taking our first steps and, it, you know, the Internet was still fairly new. And, um, you know, people weren't engaged as much on social media. It didn't eat up so much of their lives. But now, we're especially with the pandemic, you know, it seems like media is evolving and, and people really are, are embracing it. So I thought it would be great to have you on the show and have you talk about your experience with podcasting here in Estes Park and talk about what you, you know, that journey there. And so welcome to the show. Jason, I want to say thank you so much. Yes, we've been connected now. I've been in Estes Park for a, over a year, and, and you wrote some great pieces. And watching you evolve in just 12 months has been such, such a light and so encouraging. But yeah, as you had mentioned, COVID happened. Yeah. That's, that's the conversation driver that I think we're starting to come out of. But So COVID happens, and the way that we began to really exist and the way that we began to respond to the world around us was was changed significantly um you know we talk about local businesses in estes park you know the, the shops were closed uh dine outs and and eating we, we we really reframed the way that we had to do everything and i think it was that mindset shift of these changing times that people began to utilize social media in a completely different way. Um, it was 2007, and, I, and this is in the media now, so I love to talk about this. It was 2007. I was living in San Francisco, and I went to the Twitter launch party. Oh, wow. We're talking Twitter. And, of course, when I came back um, to, uh, to, to Kansas City back in 2009, I was trying to explain Twitter because it hadn't caught up at that point. Right. And similarly, now when we talk about Reels or we talk about TikTok or even podcasts, a year ago or prior to prior to, prior to COVID, could you imagine trying to explain a TikTok dance or yeah. a fancy like it, 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 would, it, would it wouldn't have made sense? It seemed like it really sped up a lot of things, you know, the growth of a lot of seeds we had planted and, and people... They had to rethink how, reframe, as you're saying, um, you know, how they communicated to others. You know, what was that, what was social life like when everyone's locked down? And, you know, you were, I mean, I know I was day drinking, but life kind of <laughs> went on pause. And, and what are we going to do? Like, we still, I think we see this with the great resignation, what they're calling the great resignation. Um, I think of it just as the great inspiration in that people really took some, I know myself is included in this, took some took some time to really evaluate, like, look, what, what am I really doing here with, with jobs and life and family and what's important to me and what do I really want to get out of this, this one experience that I know I have, this one life experience. And I know for me, you know, I, I had lost a business and, you know, really was doing some soul searching. You know, my, I, I definitely had some, some um, you know, soul searching with what happened with my wife and everything else. And, um, just came to the conclusion, like, now's the time. Now's the time for me to start writing books. Now's the time to really, you know, dig into to new media and, you know, continuing what I'm doing with the newspaper and the writing I had been doing beforehand and, and, and you know, bring it into where I want to really go. And I think a lot of people had that same experience. And, um, you know, and I think it was a perfect storm in, in a good way. In that, you know, for me at least, and I can only speak on my experience, but I've heard from others that are, are have, you know, really pursued their goals earnestly during the pandemic, and it's starting to pay off. And, um, you know, so I think I think we kind of we're in this dynamic shift where the world is is changing. We're leaving an era and entering a new one. And and you know, much like the Vikings who took over the world. I mean, granted, we're not using violent invasion to do it. Well, some people are. Um, but, you know, we're, we're rethinking survival and living and, and sustainability in our own lives in a way that, you know, is, is inspiring us to really begin to work at some of our dreams. I, I agree. Um, and I'm so sorry that 
you and so many other people through COVID, even myself and post-COVID, I, I, I think there was a shift of consciousness and, and, and a, a sense of adaptability because the old system couldn't exist in, in that kind of uh, environment. Um, for me, um, uh, the years of COVID, I mean, it's still here, but... Um, we have a new normal. Yeah, the new normal, I love that. It allowed me to have, like you said, hit that pause button. I think we all do. We need to do that every couple of years. And ask myself, what do I want to allow my life to do for me? And what do I want to do for other people? How can I be of service? Um, I, I grew up in a very traditional Kansas uh, household where it was, you had a job, you worked the job, you may have weekends off and, and your entire existence was, was, was built around farm life, work life, and, and, and that was, was central to your identity. And for me, I always couldn't help but think that there was something bigger for me. Um, so when I, I love to share my own personal experience about growing up because it was such a shift. Um, so during COVID, I, it allowed me a great pause to say, what do I really want to do? So I started to focus on that part of me that wasn't developed, the, the, the spiritual sense, the conscious sense, the part of me that really was curious and, and was hungry. And I think everybody has an ultimate desire to be seen and to be heard. And so through that journey, I realized that pause was teaching me that lesson. So, so I was able to evolve. Um, of course, I started taking all the free courses and then I paid uh, you know, courses on Udemy. Um, I went and completed my 200 hour yoga certification. Just, I used that time to really focus on what do I wanna learn for me? And, and I think that was the, big, the, the biggest takeaway is it's okay to pause and it's okay to use this time to grow more. Yeah, and, and it really came out like, I remember in the pandemic, you know, just being stuck in the house and just like, what, 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 I want, what do I want to do? Like, and for me, podcasting, like I had everything I needed to do it. I had experience with it and um, just decided, you know what, I'm just gonna start doing this. And I, I started off with just continuing on with writing. It started off as just writing and it has now evolved into you know, kind of almost a full-time podcast. I'll get back to the writing, but because I'm like writing so much on my book right now that um, yeah, I, the last thing I want to do is write more. So for me, the podcast is a really good outlet. And I wanted to, you know, during the pandemic, I felt a lot of people that that really didn't have a voice, um, it, that, that became exacerbated. And, you know, for me, kind of my litmus test for the stories I do with the Colorado Switchblade is, you know, I'm, I'm always looking for those underdogs. I'm looking for the people that, you know, are getting screwed over and, and you know, getting the, the, the raw end of the, the, the short end of the stick. And, you know, that's kind of where I gravitate to is, because I've, in my life, had many, many times where I felt I didn't have a voice and, you know, it didn't matter what I said. And, and you know, that to me was important to help, you know, foster my own voice and, and help give voice to others. I love that. And, and, I, and I think you hit the nail on the head. It's very important. And I think it's such a beautiful, one of the many beautiful things about you is that you do have the eye out for those who are in need. Sometimes we need that reminder that that's really who we're here to serve. That's, that's who we really rely upon. Um, but ultimately, every person needs to have somebody they can understand, that they can relate to. Um, coming back to podcasting, I think one of the reasons that you've been successful in what you do, and one of the reasons I've been successful so far, is because we live in a world where trust is really ridiculed. And I love that you serve one angle of that voice, you're holding people accountable. You're telling the news. You're telling the facts in, in such a powerful way that's intentional. It's not geared for sponsors. It's not geared for telling people what you want to hear. But really, this is really what's going on. 
For me, I like to focus on spirituality, the mindset, and that connected piece. But I think that the reason that you and I are both successful is because we have somewhere earned the trust of, of those around us. And I think that's probably the biggest compliment for me going in every day um, that I produce one of these shows and put it together is that I've, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to share in your experience with you. And we're going to give other people the permission to, 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 to be okay. Um, one of my podcasts that I, that I recorded that I absolutely love, this is still when I was relatively new. I'm still new, but relatively new. I interviewed a woman and it was the episode, It's Okay to Not Be Okay. And uh, her brother uh, several years ago was brutally murdered. Um, and it, was a, it shook our small town community. And having her on that show saying it's okay to be okay was absolutely edifying that it's okay to not be okay and that we're all here trying to do our best. Yeah, and some days, and that's something I can certainly relate to because, you know, I've had not necessarily murders, but I've certainly had, you know, close friends that I've lost and, you know, it, it, those types of events really affect us. And we're, we've lived in a society for so long where you're just supposed to put on a smile and, oh, yeah, everything, I'm great, I'm all right, I, you know, I'm doing okay. And, you know, I think that's one of the things a pandemic had really brought out for me anyway was, you know, look, it, it is okay not to be okay. You know, we just, we get through it step by step sometimes. Sometimes it's minute by minute, day by day. But, you know, the, the way you get to where you want to go is taking each and every individual step. Mm -hmm. And it's not going to be a short, easy thing. No. Um, you know, it's a lifetime journey. It is. Um, I, I, I love to refer to it as birth school. You're, it's a school, and that's. I, and I say it anymore. I say it's not a metaphor; it's a fact. You're going to go through the same lessons until you've learned them, and you're just going to keep evolving and growing. Um, and back to what you said about the uh, about the positivity. You know, for so long, to toxic positivity. I love that this is now something we talk about, but. A while ago, it was the cool hip thing to say good vibes only and and being kind of on the empathic spectrum. Um, I like to talk about energy because I think energy is it's the lens that I, I, I see my life through. But when we allow ourselves to live in, in, in this guarded state of oh, I can only have good vibes around me or your energy is affecting me. So get away. We're really doing two things. We're discounting somebody else's experience. And we're not allowing ourselves to be, we're not even giving ourselves permission to be fully human. And I think that's the thing about podcasting, uh, about TikTok, um, about conversations that are out of the norm. Um, and I'm, I'm so glad that mental health conversations uh, and all that are becoming part of the bigger dialogue now because we're now giving other people a chance to feel heard, feel seen, feel safe to be vulnerable, and we're actually giving ourselves permission. Um, I remember this fall. Um, I, I have some trademarks. I was never diagnosed, but but I use a lot of BPD, borderline personality workbooks. I'm always I always have a workbook. Um, DBT, dialectical behavior therapy. I think everybody, need, especially after COVID, we need to learn. We need to retouch some tools. And so I remember I posted that, and then my inbox was flooded with 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 messages that were very beautiful, and some were kind of alarmed that. I started to say it's okay to have the conversation about borderline personality disorder. It's okay to have conversations about trauma. It's not a good vibe. It's not a pleasant feeling, but it's something that we need to address. I think it's necessary, and these are issues that, you know, I, my, my wife has been through trauma and very traumatic experience. She's borderline personality disorder, high-functioning. But, you know, I, I've dealt with mental health issues within my own immediate family, uh, not just with Shiloh, but, you know, children with, with mental health issues mm -hmm. also. And, you know, we've had a lot of traumatic experiences. And not only is it okay, but it's necessary. I think we have to work through these. We have to, if you let it just sit, nothing ever changes. You know, you got to kind of break up that scar tissue and, and massage it and work it and figure out, you know, you may need to relearn how to walk, but you know, if you just stay 
sitting on a couch and do, do put in the work. You know, my my ankle. I related to my my ankles. I'm sure a lot of people see me around town walking with a cane at times and such. And um, you know, I've had fairly extensive injuries and uh, a lot of metal, but. I think emotionally, the emotional body is very similar to the physical body in that, you know, my, with, with the scar tissue and the calcification and everything else that's happened in my physical body, I've got to break that up. I've got to work out. I got to get out there and engage the pain in order to truly get to a better place. And it's not, you know, it's not like I'm ever going to be better again. It's not going to be like how I used to be, but I can get better. And I think for me, my family, we're not trying to look for the, the miracle cure. We're trying to look for little pieces that we can stack that, you know, all right, this is 3% better. Well, here's 5% better. Here's 2% better. And if that adds up to 30% better, well, that, that, that really can be something that's an improvement of a quality of life. And so for me, I think we, we have to work through trauma. We have to kind of step back and look at our own, you know, scar tissue, whether that be mentally or emotionally or physically. I think you're absolutely right. One of the biggest things that I, I believe that we all need to begin to engage in is really understanding. We always talk about body, mind, and spirit, right? But they're always so separate. Right. Now, you're going to have emotional needs and, and, and you're going to have physical needs when you're with what you're faced with. You're going to, you're emotionally, you're going to say, well, I'm not who I used to be. I'm not as good. And you're going to begin to stack on top of your trauma, just more hurts because it's so separate. And then we view it as separate, but really your soul, your mind, your body, all of these are really one unit. It's a holistic experience. Yeah. It's, it's, it's about bringing it all together. Um, and no, we live in this, we live in a society that, that for what, 50, 60, or probably a hundred years, I think back to those old ads about those special tonics with like cocaine in them, you know, yeah. <laughs> uh, from, but we're always looking for the miracle cure. But I truly believe the only miracle is the miracle of you being you in this moment, because that's the only thing you can really do. Yeah. And you really can't be anything else. I mean, you can try, but it doesn't work out. No. Um, I had a father, he, uh, he didn't take the best care of himself, uh, and he ended up with a below-the-knee amputation. And, and I sat with him as he wept for, for days because his life was forever changed. And, and, and yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I was very present with that pain to understand that it's never going to be the way that it was. And, and not to be uncruel about it, because you want to set with people in their pain. And, and don't, don't like Mary, Mary Jo uh, recently shared this with me in an interview. Don't touch people's pain with your shame or with your fear. So I don't try to ever shut somebody down when they're weeping, but be there, present with them. Um, but when we, when we find ourselves physically changed or mentally changed, COVID changed. We talk about COVID a lot. Um, it's important to understand that, again, the holistic experience is it's your mind, it's your body, it's your soul. It's all one thing. And the only thing we really have control over is this one moment, this one choice, these single words. Yeah. So for those of my, I'm sure we have some overlapping listeners just because it's such a small community. I hope so. We should do a t-shirt. I've got a couple designs already in mind. Yes. Um, So for for my listeners that may not be aware of your show or not quite sure what it is, maybe they've heard of it but haven't had a chance to listen to it, explain what you're doing with your show. Explain what you're doing. So I, I love... I think that's a great question. Thank you for asking. I love that question. It's one of my favorites. Um, originally, the idea of this podcast started about five years ago, but I, I, there was an experience in a video where I was bullied on a YouTube video back. I mean, this was back in 2007. Like the comments were horrible. So I, I would revisit those comments. And so I was like, oh, people are, they're not going to like how I talk. They're going to say something. I, we all criticize ourselves. So I got a case of the, I, I really need to start to really practice what I preach. I really need to 
dig deep. So one night I'm sitting here, I'm like, I'm just going to do, I had two of those, I had two of the cotton candy bang energy drinks. I know <laughs> they're so good. I should hook bang at that. Uh, um, but <laughs> I just decided, I think it was like 11 or 12 o'clock at night. I said, I'm just going to go for it. So originally it was meant to be more of a kind of like a, a soliloquy of sorts where I'm providing advice on personal development, which I love personal development. I love talking about spirituality and connection. And those words have always really uh, been strong for me. I recently took the strength finder test and they're all right there. And I was like, oh, wow, those, I'm high in these fields. Cool especially connectedness. Um, and then it grew into kind of a platform where I, I have guests on who share stories, share their pain. They, they talk about their spirituality um, and, and whatever whatever facet that is. I, I, I don't really discriminate towards that. Or they, they talk about their mindset practices, um, the connection. I think all of these are vital because it really reintroduces us to our own human experiences. So, you know, I had the, the, the sister of a brother who was brutally murdered. I had a, a woman on my show recently. Um, she was a former meth addict. She had three babies while she was addicted to, to methamphetamine. And it was so interesting because culturally, we shame those kind of women. Mm -hmm. How can you not care for your children? How? But she grew up in a she grew up in a cult, a drug culture. She she grew up in a family of, of of addicts. And while she was going to her doctor's visits, they would say you need to give up the drugs. But they never directed her towards a resource. And the thing that I commend her for, and this is this these are the people I love to find, is not only this is what happened but here's how I changed it. And so, you know, she, 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 she lost her kids through the process, regains them back. She goes from being a cook at Golden Corral, which we can all relate to Golden Corral, <laughs> um, and, and drug and, and, and scraped and fought. And now she's a registered nurse. She works in an addiction center and she's a speaker who goes to schools and goes to medical conferences, urging people to understand that addiction isn't something that we need to shame. It's some, but it's it's actually a disease process. Um, I recently interviewed um, a local author here, Mary Jo Hyen. She That was one of the most tremendous. Uh, after the interview, um, she 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 shared some personal stuff about about an illness, and I wept for two days. And then I read. I went back. I listened to the podcast. I, I read her her book again from understanding that this is somebody who has made a decision to not con continue medical treatment. Her words were more powerful. And I think that that's really the big emphasis for me and the show now is I want to tell the stories of people who are, I love the, I love to say the world needs a bad, just like you, the world needs a badass like you because everybody has a value. Um, my mama would always tell me that everybody holds a puzzle piece that you need. And I've lived my life governed by that. And I think that's where that connected piece comes. Is, is, and that's what we do on the show is, is we talk about that. We have interesting dialogues. Um, we had a panel of empaths and people like to talk about that. Um, also had an energy healer um, who, who has some techniques for managing. So giving them kind of some insights. So, so the whole experience is... We're really just working on reframing our reality based on the experiences of other people. So the show itself is designed to just give puzzle pieces out. And that wasn't what it was meant to be, but and I think you can relate to this. Your podcast and your website, it never ends. You, we always have the intention, but it never ends or it never forms quite like you want it. It's it always evolving. It, it becomes is. something so much more. Yeah, it really, it takes on its own journey you know it kind of decides where it's going to go and um you know you you may have the best of intentions but you know until you're in it in and doing it like you know surfing that wave you don't know where that wave's going to go yeah you don't know where it's going to go and this is the thing that I, that I, I i encourage everybody to start a podcast i'm like hey you want to start hey I, it's so easy i did it you can do it too oh yeah because everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a puzzle piece. And, and I really think in this world, we are so disconnected. Um, I, another a huge monumental figure in my life, Perry Zahn, she was talking about uh, there being a pandemic of disconnection. And, and I, I think everyone feels that. So that's why 
I think podcasting is so important. I think content creation right now, we, we used to judge it. Oh, you're on, too, you're on social media too much. You're doing this. Or we always talk about children these days. And you're a parent. I'm not, but I've heard it. Um, you know, I was I was that millennial. Oh, children these days with their Walkmans. Yeah. You know, and uh, it's how they've come to adapt to expressing themselves, and that's not going to go anywhere. No, it's always going to evolve and change. Much like you know, we were just talking. The same thing happens. I mean, back in our day, it was you know, um, you know, mixtapes and and yes. you know, the movies and the mall. Well, now that you know, we're now they're doing and interacting more and more digitally, and that we don't put that genie back in the bottle, no. and they don't know any different. They're just evolving to the world we've given them. You know, they're they're growing up and adapting to that world, and that's the world they were born into. So, I mean, while I do try to 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 limit things as best I can, really, me as a parent saying, oh, you got to do less less internet or less Instagram or whatnot because it's having these negative effects, that really, they don't hear that. What they do hear is the, the time and time again, oh, well, if I keep doing this, I keep getting these reactions, and this, this throws me into a bad place. Mm -hmm. And they just have to kind of on their own come to like, all right, I'm gonna not do that. I'm gonna do that less, and I'm gonna do this more. You know, our kids are smart. They're, they're little usses, mm -hmm. and they'll figure it out. I have no doubt that, you know, even as scary of a world as, as my daughters and granddaughter are inheriting from us, you know, we we are the the culmination of the survivors for all of history. Yeah. Like we, that's who we are right here, right now, in this moment in time. We are the the descendants, the the children of those that made it through everything. They survived everything, and you know the, that that same drive, that same you know survival instinct, and and you know want to thrive, and and inspiration is is genetically programmed in them. You know, we have it as part of a human makeup. And so they're gonna be all right. They're gonna figure it out. The kids I, will be okay. I agree, I agree. Now, of course, there's studies and sciences about the chemicals that likes give, and we can talk about that, but I think our biggest responsibility, and, and this is something that I, I was recently, um, it kind of came to me and I, I've started speaking on it more is, I no longer save space for conversations that are going to shame somebody, that are going to condemn somebody, that are going to guilt somebody. I don't come from those places. So I think we owe it to our children, to our ancestors, to our future generations. You know, we are their aunt, we are their ancestors. We owe it to them to give them the best of what we have. Right. And we're failing miserably. I mean, just look at the planet they're getting. So, I mean, we, I, I just, like I said, I, I, at the same time, it's this double-edged sword where, you know, I, I do hold immense worry and fear about, like, what, what's the world going to look like that my granddaughter, who's eight right now, mm -hmm. is that she's going to inherit and have to live in and raise a family in, possibly. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, a, a big portion of my mental processing these days is to, well, is, what can I, is there anything I can do? What can I do? What what can I have an effect on to try to make that better? And I'm, you know, so far I'm not coming up with, you know, genius ideas, but again, it's it's little bits. I don't think anyone's ever gonna have this one aha moment. Yeah. I mean, we can talk about climate control and if we could all just come together or uh, recycling or, yeah. I, I think the best thing that we can do is just teach and be not only teach, okay, so, but model being the light. I have that tattooed behind this ear because it's a, a constant reminder that, that the world is so dark. You're so, it, it is with everything that's going on in Ukraine, and I'm not saying turn a blind eye to it by any means, um, or weird things, or the hysteria. We're looking at this, this, this defamation case that everyone's covering in the media, and there's so much darkness and so much hysteria, but we really need to model being the light, teaching kids how to have those tough conversations out of love, yeah. um, how to take responsibility for, and what it means. Responsibility isn't this ugly word sometimes, you know, if you were shamed by parents as you need to be more responsible. Well, responsibility is just your ability to respond well. And, and that's all, I, I think that's what it is. It's those small steps towards creating 
that conscious awareness to, to, to conversation, to what you're putting in your heart, your mind, your body, and what you're putting out there into the world. Earlier, before the show, we were talking about karma. Talking about, oh, and it, I get so aggravated when people say karma is a bee. I, I don't think karma is a bee. I think it's just a fact of we're on earth school and whatever you put out will come back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I think you're right with, with the light. So, you know, we have vastly different podcasts and how we approach things. But you don't say. <laughs> at the same time, at the same time, you know, I may be doing accountability journalism where I'm, you know, doing core requests and getting, you know, getting to the all right, what really happened and calling out the things I feel need to be called out so that we can do better. But I think it's it's just as important, if not more important, because you know, in a small mountain community, yeah, there are things that have been swept under the rug and there's bad things that have happened, but those are less important, I feel, than the good things that are going on. Because we really are, when you get down to it, most people are good human beings. They're just trying to get by and survive. So we've got to tell those stories. We've got to relate, you know, to, to the people in power, especially the good ones that, you know, it, whether it just be local politics or business or whatever it may be, there's all those good, positive stories. And I feel it's very, very important, you know, to, to really talk about the good things that, that we're figuring out and moving forward with. Yes, you have to do the, you know, you got to call out the shit where you'd have to. You do. But what's really important is like, all right, how do we move forward in a better way? Look at what these people are doing. Look at what these people are doing. This is great. You know, that for me is is the important part. That's the, you know, the rest is, it's necessary, but I, I wish I could focus a lot more on the good. And that's what I'm trying. I try to balance it. I try to always, you know, make sure for anything I do that, that, you know, is causing, you know, uh, heated conversations in town that I'm just doing some pieces that are just like, oh, that's cool. Oh, that's, that's, that, that's cool. Someone's doing that. I love what you said. And, uh, and, and yes, we do too. We, we approach life differently, but accountability and, and what's your relationship with accountability and, and, and where, what's your intention for accountability? I think accountability, there, as long as there's no guilt, shame, or condemnation, it's okay. If a politician or a business owner is doing something that isn't really serving, and this is a thing that, that I'm really big on is servant leadership and, and serving the collective, um, and sometimes we lose sight of that in this community, and it's very easy to. We're a, small, we're a big city in a small town. Yeah. And, and I think that as long as your intention for holding accountability is to say, hey, I think there's a better way we can look at this. I think that, I think that what you're doing, I mean, I don't want to really introduce this topic, but let's talk about workforce housing. That's a real crisis. And, and, and I understand capitalism. I understand everybody's gain. But I think that we also owe it to the single mom who has three kids who can she afford a three that, you know, and it's about having these hard conversations with love, with respect and with light saying, I think we can both, we can all do better. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that, that leads to more innovative thinking. Like, you know, I know that I've gone down and talked with Travis, the town administrator and Jason, the assistant town administrator, you know, and just being like, why haven't we looked, have you guys looked at 3d printing of houses? I mean, have we been looking at some of the new developments that, that are a you know easy to do and quick uh, can be done very cool um, are fire resistant and wind resistant you know will we'll be resistant to the climate change we're going through and you know I think this is and as much as our podcasts are different they're very much the same yes. and the reason why is because both of them are just sitting across a table from someone here in the community and just having a real conversation you know I, I think that it. You, there's, that's the core of what, what we're doing, really. We're having just conversations about our community and with people in our community. Yeah, I agree. And I think conversation is important. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit about spirituality and all those things, you know. Um, but one of the things that always inspired me, I love theology. Now, I don't talk in terms of theology. I used to, and I put a lot of people to sleep. Mm. Like, you wouldn't believe Thomas Aquinas, Summa Theologica, you know, and so big word things. So anyway, but... The point was, during the during times of right before Renaissance, there would always be conversations. Yeah. Always. 
people would come together. Now, of course, we can disagree and we can, we can go on. But when we came together in conversation was right when the, they call it the golden age. It, yeah. it always would come. It would always come when we started to talk. And I think that this has been an ongoing theme in my life. I've always called it the great conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, when you get into these deeper conversations with friends and people that you know, and I think that, that there's a direct line back to what you're talking about historically there. I think everything that we do matters. And, and back to podcasting, we're inviting people into a conversation that you wouldn't normally have. Right. And, and, and I think that's why it's so significant now culturally that people are having these conversations and they're creating these podcasts because they are creating the conversation. Because if we, if we look at media and, and think, about how, think about how hard it was to do this 10 years ago, oh, 20 yeah. years ago. Um, believe it or not, my, my, my dream as a little kid was I just wanted to be a, uh, a radio. I wanted to be on the radio. And yeah. I graduated high school and they're like, oh, radio's dead. And I'm like, I'm, what do I do? What do, I do? <laughs> um, and it, it's it's like that. It's it's people have always needed to have a conversation, yep. and 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 that's what I think the most important takeaway uh, for me about podcasting is is creating the conversations. Uh, for me, it's about opening up people's heart spaces. And you know, for me, it's really been you know a growth growth experience because I've. I've realized over time, like, I can have these same conversations, like I mentioned earlier. I can go to City Hall right across the street here and walk in, and a lot of times, you know, because it's a smaller town and, and you know, everyone knows everyone, I can just pop in and have a conversation with the mayor, with the town administrator, with the, the a captain on the police force, and talk about real issues, and those conversations plant seeds, you know, to potential growth of change in, in better directions. And I love that you said that because, I, and this is one thing that I'll say about this small community and this small town that I love so very, very much is I do appreciate everything that they do in town hall. I appreciate what the mayor does. I, I understand that change happens and it's not easy, but I always value and appreciate that when you walk in there, they know who you are. Yeah. And and we really have a voice. So I think the, my, my biggest Prayer would be that that people begin to save space. It's not them versus us. You hear that a lot. You really do. Yeah, you do. Um, and and I have such a hard time understanding what's that in service of. So that's what I love. I, Wendy and I, you know, uh, Mayor Wendy, I love her. We met um, at at the and I gave her a big old hug at the Christmas tree lighting. Mm -hmm. um, and everybody, I truly believe that works at City Hall. Hope they're all listening, but um, I really have such There's an quite a few of them. I have so. such an appreciation <laughs> for for what they do, and I think that needs to be a a, a conversation because there's this they versus we, you know, right? And, and that's true of law enforcement, and that's one of my big revelations has been, you know, because when when I before I moved to Montana, when I lived down in Fort Collins, I started becoming, you know, active on a local county level mm -hmm. and plugging in the boards. And, you know, up until that point, the cops were always the enemy. You know, I grew up punk rock kid. So, you know, and then, you know, I, I had my my anti-government friends and anarchist friends. And, you know, we, we get in these echo chambers and we don't have any real experience to relate to. And as I began to plug into these things more and more, I, I began having friends, you know, close friends that were law enforcement, that were politicians, that were, you know, plugged into the them. And one of my big revelations was they're just us. They're trying, and for the vast majority of these people, they're just trying to do the best they can with what they've got. And we don't understand all the, the machinations around it um, until you actually plug in a little bit and see, oh shit, yeah, that's, that's a lot more complicated than what was presented on the newscast or in the newspaper, you know, there's a lot more things going on there. I, I agree. Um, and that's the big thing for me is the concept of, of titles. So you're the mayor, so you should be able to do more. We look at the titles, but we don't see that, that, that that's a grandma. Yeah. That, 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 that her highest vision in, in, in her life is to give her grandchildren the best that they can or that's a police officer you know he's 29 years old he wants to get married he wants to have kids he wants the world to be the best it can be and and it's really understanding that that's a conversation that we need to to really begin to have 
um, because we're all just trying to get through each moment the best we can. Yeah, and we're all coming from different environments. We grew up in different ways. Yeah. You know, everyone's experience is different, but how we can relate to human beings and find common ground, I think, is, is really kind of how we move forward. So we got to start wrapping this up because I got to I got. I can go here. for hours. <laughs> I love this talk. So, um, so tell, tell people where they can find your podcast. I will put a link down to it at the bottom of the show notes. Um, tell them where they can find it and how they can help support it and just uh, plug in a little bit with you. Absolutely. I appreciate that. Yes. So you can listen to the Reframed with Randy Silkwood podcast. It's available right now on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, or you can go to randysilkwood.com, or I do have a Facebook page where a new episode pops up at least once a week. Moving forward, we're going to have some new, more, more frequent content. Um, but yeah, feel free to like, share, tell everybody. Uh, it's, it's, it's about creating that conversation. So yeah, I'm, I'm all about hearing um, from, from everybody's experience because we, we're all, again, trying to live the best. All right. Well, thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you. All right, folks, that was the interview with fellow podcaster here in Estes Park, Randy Silkwood. Again, you can find his podcast by either just uh, plugging it into Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever it is you're getting your podcast, or you can uh, check out the website. Again, I'll put the links down um, into the show notes. Um, again, we're going to be doing a data dump on Friday when it comes to the uh, core requests that we have received both directly from the school district and from other listeners and, and citizens here in Estes Park that have reached out to me and sent me what they've gotten. So just kind of put it all together in one place so that everyone can kind of go through them and peruse them and, and see what they think of what's happening here with the Board of Education and the Estes Park School District. All right, folks. Well, stay safe out there. The snow's starting to let up, but we're supposed to get it in more later on this evening. So be safe as you're out there driving those slushy mountain roads. Thanks once again for listening to the Colorado Switchblade. I'm your host, Jason Van Tatenhove, and I'll talk with you soon.